All right, how's that for an intro for Steve Stebbing? All right, let's just go. I would just like to say, welcome to the show, Steve Stebbing. Uncanny. SteveStebbing.ca. For what the hell should we watch this weekend? Hello, Steven. Hello. First time in 2021. Is it really? So much has happened already. Well, if you had been here on the last five nights of the show, you'd feel like it was already the end of February. So there we go. It, it's been a bit of a run. Happy New Year to you. How are you feeling? Happy How was your uh, lack of partying? Uh, it was fine. Uh, you know, just uh, a lot of chilling out, watching TV, you know, hanging with the family, the good stuff, you know. Are you like um, um, from Big Bang Theory when, when Sheldon gets lit up if someone sits in his spot on the couch? Is that like oh, you in your house? No, I know. I, I'm very lenient with it. I mean... Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not super territorial or anything like that. Mm. That sounds like uh, something we don't want to talk about. I think that this is the opposite happening here. All right, we'll just leave it alone <laughs> if it's a sensitive subject for Steve Stebbing. All right, Steve, let's talk about what the hell should we watch this weekend? It's a great list here. I hope mm-hmm. we can get to all of it. Let's get started with "Promising Young Woman." Well, the doctor's here. It's every guy's worst nightmare getting accused like that. Really? Can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? <laughs> what do you want? I don't know. You seem nervous. No oh. use hiding from the piper. Oh. Wow. Um, yeah. That didn't go where I thought it was going to go. Okay. Tell us about Promising Young Woman. Yeah, this is a late watch uh, for 2020, and it just made its its way onto my top 10 list of the year. Uh, and it's Carrie Mulligan playing uh, Cassie, a woman that has had a, kind of a traumatic experience in her past, and she now channels it into uh, uh, basically playing drunk at clubs until crappy dudes pick her up and try to uh, make a move on her where... Uh, she then informs us that she's very sober and makes their lives hell. And it is such a gut punch to any crappy club dude that preys on weak women, drunk women, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's darkly funny. It comes from Emerald Fennel, who uh, created Killing Eve. And she's also on uh, The Crown playing uh, Camilla Parker Bowles. Uh, this is such a great watch. Carrie Mulligan has never been better, and you've never seen her like this. Next on the list was Steve Stebbing, The Dissident. I'm addressing you as a victim. A title forced on me after the brutal murder of my Jamal. I know my Jamal was killed. It's because of me. Jamal felt the whole country was against him, but this is not the truth. I said the best solution is create our own army. The story of the Washington Post journalist who went missing and was killed. Yes, uh, Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, This is a story that, um, I mean, captivated the world that just this, uh, I I mean, just this blatant cover-up and then uh, ultimate reveal uh, of the the cold-blooded circumstances around uh, the murder at uh, uh, largely people believe that the hand uh, at the orders of Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, 
Uh, and I mean, even the director of this one, Brian Fogel, has had a hard time shopping this one around to like streaming services and stuff like that. So it's going to be available on VOD through YouTube uh, because kind of no one else really, everyone else is scared to grab this one really. But I think it's an incredible film and a, a must watch documentary for everybody. Is it just one of those, it's too soon or too real, do you think? Or how why no. is that? I think that people are scared about the repercussions of uh, just because of the grip that Saudi Arabia seems to have on the world, seems to have on the financial powers of the world and everything. Uh, And I mean, there's certain things in this movie that are just absolutely jaw-dropping and do have global ramifications. And uh, yeah, I just, I feel like a lot of distributors are kind of shook about it. Well, that um, royal family is deeply invested in many, many businesses, mm. yes. and it kind of makes you wonder if they might be large shareholders in some of the uh, declines on those. Interesting stuff. It's called The Dissident, if you didn't catch that. All right, on Blu-ray, we've got Love and Monsters. Only a small fraction of humanity survived to move underground. I've been scanning for Amy the entire time, and now I finally found her. Joel! Hey! Joel! Amy, is that you? Oh my god! Hey! How far away is Amy's colony? 85 miles. It's an impossible journey. Everyone will try to kill you. Don't fight, just run and hide. Uh, okay. All right, so tell us about Love and Monsters. Yeah, this is a fun post-apocalyptic adventure. Basically, uh, the world has come to an end and the 95% of the world's population have been killed. When a asteroid heads towards Earth, we blow it up. It rains all over the Earth and ends up making like crabs and bugs and all that stuff into giant monsters that take over the Earth. And uh, this one follows the main character, Joel, who is trying to reconnect with his uh, high school sweetheart seven years after the world has fallen and decides to uh, get over his cowardice of the outside world and go the 12 miles across to find her. Also on Blu-ray, Yellow Rose. This isn't the life you wanted. Though I tried and tried. It'll be better for you. This feeling don't end. I promise. I fell in love with country music when I was a little girl. When are you gonna let me hear you play? If you're too scared to perform them songs. All right, tell us about Yellow Rose. Yeah, this is a really interesting film. It's about a 17-year-old Filipina girl who uh, is an illegal immigrant. Her her mother uh, uh, basically working in a hotel uh, in a small town, Texas. And um, when her mom is taken away by ICE, she ends up on the run. But it kind of forces her to follow her dream, which is to become a country singer. Uh, she goes to the city of Austin, Austin Texas, and uh, tries to give to give it a shot. And uh, it's an interesting character film that has, I mean, the the plight uh, of uh, of illegal immigrants in America today um, very much at the forefront. Uh, the ICE. Uh, rhetoric is all over this movie and uh, one of my favorite movies of of last year for sure but due to its independent style it just didn't get a lot of uh, attention all right Uh, Steve you and your horror movies 
<laughs> Man. Okay, as we continue on the Blu-ray with Steve Stebbing, stevestebbing.ca, 12-hour shift. Cops are coming here. I'm going to tell them who did this. You killed an innocent man for no reason. I'm just going to have to solve this problem myself. I'm not leaving till you give me a kidney. All right, well, if uh, you love horror movies like Steve Stebbing does, then you might enjoy this. Yeah, and I mean, this is like, uh, I mean, horror is kind of the background because I, I, this is like a heist film mixed with some dark comedy because it's basically about a down-and-out nurse and her loopy cousin who get in some black mar- uh, get in business with some black market organ traders to steal organs from her hospital during her 12-hour shift and everything it's basically a comedy of errors cuz everything goes wrong in bloody and horribly gory ways uh, and this comes from uh, a name in horror that that uh, us niche fans know well, uh, Brea Grant, who's appeared in films like uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 and Beyond the Gates. And she directs this one for her second feature. And uh, I I really had a lot of fun with this movie. Like I said, it's some of that deep genre stuff. So if you like your dark comedy with lots and lots of blood, then you'll enjoy this one. In the world of TV, we talked about it earlier in the week a little bit, but I look forward to hearing uh, your touch on it quickly. The history of swear words. Join me on a journey through the history, evolution, and cultural impact of swear words. Words don't start out as swear words. They're just words. Somebody decided at some point that this is a swear word. There's an acronymic etymology. Fornication under consent of the king. This household has been given my consent to fuck. It is total horseshit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, it might make you blush, um, but mm-hmm. it does. it seems to be pretty darn popular on Netflix. Yeah, it, it's rude, it's crude, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, Nicolas Cage is, is pulling the, the total tongue-in-cheek as the narrator of this one. And honestly, like uh, an, an artisan when it comes to swearing in films himself. Uh, but it, he also enlists the help of uh, people like Sarah Silverman, Jim Jeffries, Nikki Glaser, and Nick Offerman to kind of give their stamp on what each of these swear words means in their vocabulary in their life and in their work uh it is definitely a lowbrow it's poking fun at itself constantly but honestly I, I it's it's just a lot of fun to watch this one if you want to turn your brain off and watch something and not have something super heavy history of swear words is where it's at is where it's at all right we continue through we've got time for lupin at your age i love to read your grandfather gave it to me. I think you'll like it. Arsene Lupin, gentleman burglar. I found something. It's incredible. A classic adventure of Arsene Lupin by Maurice Lupin. Also the method, the panache, the style, the talent. What's next? Our tenure of the three little pigs? All right, tell us about Lupin, not Lupin, Lupin. It's, yeah, it's really weird to hear that one dubbed because it is in French. Uh, this comes from Louis Leterrier, who did, like, the uh, Transporters movies uh, as well. I think he did one of the Takens as well. I might be wrong on that one. Uh, but, uh, I mean, this one is it's, it's a heist series uh, following Arsene Lupin, which is 
uh, a fictional character that is uh, adopted by a Senegal immigrant named Hussein Deop, who uh, he's basically using this story and this identity to exact revenge on a rich family that ended up destroying his family when he was a child. Uh, and I mean, it, it's, it's kind of got that oceans quality to it where you kind of see the heist and everything go together. And then kind of near the end of the episode, everything gets broken down into it's, it's, it's cogs to see how everything came together. And I really love Omar Sy in this one. Uh, he just really drives the story home. Uh, this is only the first part. I believe there is two other parts that will be released over 2021. Uh, but I'm really enjoying this one so far. And last on the list, pretend it's a city and it's on Netflix. People frequently are infuriated by me because I'm filled with opinions. In New York, there are millions of people and the only person looking where she's going is me. I should write a manifesto, the title of which would be Pretend It's a City. It would take one subway ride for the Dalai Lama to turn into a lunatic, <laughs> raging person. Uh, tell us about Pretend It's a City. We've got about 30 seconds, Steve. Yeah, uh, this is Marty Scorsese and uh, writer, humorist, and absolute raconteur, uh, Fran Lebowitz, uh, basically giving a shakedown of what New York City is as a state of mind, as an entity, uh, as a people, uh, and just the history behind it. And it's so well told. These, these two are old friends, and you can feel it in every moment. SteveStebbing.ca. The uh, whole list of everything is on there. Some trailers and stuff, too. What the hell should we watch this weekend? Thank you, Steve. It's great to hear your voice. It's been a couple of weeks since we chatted. So yeah. happy New Year to you. And uh, you enjoy your weekend, sir. You too, Shane. Steve Stebbing here on the show.